What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey everyone, happy Wednesday. It's Rachel Silver Cohen. This is another episode of Unpolished Therapy. I am here with the one and only, my favorite partner, DB, Dr. Boca. Hey, Dr. Boca, how are you? Hey, Rach, I'm doing great. How are you? I am great. And we're all going to be even better in about 30 seconds because I am so excited to share our news today that we have a really, really special guest near and dear to me on a personal note, but I really think some of the things we've talked about over the course of our three seasons now is kind of coming full circle. And without further ado, I don't want to be long-winded. Let me introduce my dear friends and we will get to it. Okay? Okay. So for the listeners out there, buckle up. We are ditching the couch. We are grabbing the mics. We are breaking down all the wreckage with my dear friend, Dr. Amy Botwinick, who is a well-known dynamo in the divorce and life transition world. Her own divorce experience and new marriage inspired her to change her life path as a chiropractor for over 20 years to author the book, Congratulations on Your Divorce, The Road to Finding Your Happily Ever After, published, by the way, by the Chicken Soup for the Soul People. In addition, Amy realized that laughter is the best medicine and went on to co-author and produce her play, Divorce Party the Musical, The Hilarious Journey to Helen Back that toured North America for two years, along with her second book, Divorce Party and Moving On Handbook. Because she missed working with people one-on-one, Amy earned her certification as a divorce coach. She specializes in helping others manage the ultimate question that can come up in a marriage. Should I stay or should I go? If divorce is the only option, she helps her clients get organized and connected to the best professionals in the community specific to their unique circumstances. Amy supports her clients through one of the most difficult times in their lives to make smart choices and create a strong foundation to help them begin again. You can find her at womenmovingon.com, but you can also find her right here, right now, as our guest on Unpolished Therapy. Amy, Amy, welcome, welcome. Hi. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. Oh my God, we are thanking you for taking time out of your busy, busy day to be here with us and share your wisdom and your experience. So from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. And I'm so happy to connect you and Dr. Boca together because I think you guys would be a real nice part and parcel combination. So let's just start from the beginning, Aim. We can get into my story a little bit and how you and I connected, but let's start with you. I mean, in the simplest forms, in your own words, Let's hear your backstory a little bit. Well, one day I I remember just waking up and looking in the mirror and realizing I got to get divorced, but now what? And then I had no clue what to do. So what did I do? I went to the bookstore and I was looking for something kind of like what to expect when you're expecting, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going, I'm finding... It was just, there's nothing there. And I'm in a divorce fog. I can't think straight. I'm out of my mind, like a fried French fry. And I was like, I cannot believe that there is not a book that can get me through this process and explain it. 
And I just decided to write the book that I wish I had when I was going through my process. Which sounds amazing. But I want to ask you from that emotional standpoint, and you know me that I cry when the wind blows the wrong way. Weren't you scared? How did you just jump into like, I'm going to go to the bookstore. I'm going to look for some information. I don't have the information, so I'll do it myself. Weren't you like rocking in the corner, crying in a dark room? Yeah, sucking your thumb. Yes and yes. And I want to tell you that one of the good things that I did is that before I actually looked at this idea of divorce, I got therapy. I mean, Mm -hmm. therapy really got me to a place where even though I had the brain fog, I was in a space that I was able to somewhat compartmentalize the emotional chaos in my head to deal with the business of divorce because it was really game time. Had I not had done that work prior, I would not have been able to do just that. So, you know, what you're saying, Amy, and by the way, thank you for being here. And it's so nice to finally put a face with the name and all that you've done for Rachel and so many other people. You're invaluable to women and even men need some support through this. You know, it is is a very difficult process. But, you know, when you say therapy, I think what you're saying, look, I'm biased. Obviously, I'm a psychologist. But I think that that when the people do go through, or my patients and the people, my friends who have gone through the process of really being clear and being able to say, okay, I've come to that point where I know that even though I'm scared and even though there's so much unknown, I am clear that the decision is I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. Then we're empowered to be able to take the steps, even if it's difficult, even if it's overwhelming. And what I always say to my patients is, hey, what's so great about this is if you have a divorce coach, even better. But if not, you have a therapist who is going to support you. And we are going to be that person who's going to be the rational thought sometimes when you get into that brain fog and emotional fog. So thank you for referring and recommending therapy to people because I do think that it's really the catalyst and the foundation and stability and scaffolding that people need through the process. And then you are the piece de resistance, and I don't even know if that's how you say it, but I just said it that way, where you are basically guiding them through all of those unknowns that they just wouldn't know what to do otherwise. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And you know what? I work with therapists all the time and I always encourage my clients to work with a therapist. And I describe it like, look, you're getting on a bicycle, okay? You need to go somewhere. Your therapist is going to be like the, the, the steering wheel to point you in the right direction as a behavioral health coach and divorce coach. I'm going to be the back wheel and the pedals to get you the momentum to be able to move forward. And you and I are very complimentary and I believe very necessary for the life transition of divorce. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Amy, I have a question for you. And I always say, if I have a question, probably our listeners have the same question as well. We talk a lot about, and I mean, you named one of your books, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Which I guess is really the first piece in this big life decision. For me, and I've discussed this publicly, when I finally got to you, Amy, you know, wrapped in a ball, hysterical crying at your kitchen table, I already knew I should go. And you were able to help me put the pieces together on, well, what does that mean? But for the listeners out there, if the first piece is answering the question, should I stay or should I go, without giving away all of the tricks in your toolbox, what does that actually look like? Can you just give us a quick little broad stroke on some of those questions that a person would have to mull over? Yes. And I just want to mention that that's the ultimate question, right? Should I stay or should I go? Every time I hear that, I have the kinks. Remember the song, ladies? Mm-hmm. Should I say, <laughs> the chills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like my theme song. 
So the reality is before you, if you have the luxury to make the choice divorce, right? Sometimes you don't have that. Sometimes- But what would, not to interrupt, but what would that mean? Like, what do you mean the luxury to divorce? Why would someone not have that luxury? Okay, so number one, domestic violence. There's just safety. That's mm-hmm. a whole okay. that we can discuss. So that's something I, I want to make sure that we talk about because the pandemic has certainly just skyrocketed the intensity of that really challenging situation. What do I mean by the luxury? A lot of times I get a lot of clients that are in the should I stay or should I go? And their partner has no idea that they're miserable mm-hmm. and they have the luxury to be able to get their ducks in a row what does that mean? That means getting more information of what divorce will likely look like before they make a move. Get your information so you can make a smart choice regarding your legal, your child's, you know, what is it going to look like with the splitting of the children, your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And as a divorce coach, my job is to take a client and get them a reality check. Here's the mirror. Let's look at it. And we get them really organized to be able to present to the professionals that they need on their team to get the answers they want. Of course, yes, there is a divorce attorney, but you may also need an accountant, Mm -hmm. a financial advisor, always a therapist. And we get organized so that you can go out into your community with the professionals that are going to have your best interest to get a better understanding of what the next chapter would look like, what your divorce will likely look like if you decide to move forward before making the D word announcement. Because once you do that, it's really hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? So that's what that means. Thank you for that clarification because it helps me understand and I think it'll probably help the listeners understand as well. Do you find like everything or as they say, there's no two same snowflakes, right? (laughs) Um, I would imagine there's no two same divorces and every process is different. But I'm wondering, again, on that broadband stroke, do you see similar patterns from one divorce to the next that come up more so than others? Or are you just blown away with each client that it's so different? Okay. So people are very complicated and each divorce is like a unique thumbprint. So yes, I am blown away and fascinated by the complexity of humans and relationships. So that keeps me really curious. And also really grounded in a way, because it's good to just see what's going on out there. So while each divorce is really unique, some of the commonalities that I found for people is that it's really hard to, it's hard to say this, but divorce is a financial event. You have to put the emotions and all that stuff. And it's like breaking up of the mom and pop shop. It's a business deal. And for most people, I find the commonality is that Everybody is absolutely rocked by the financial sticker shock, Mm -hmm. lifestyle sticker shock. What does it really take to move on my own without my spouse's support? And what does it look like to support my children? That is across the board, the one commonality that I have found. And the best way I can describe it is somebody once told me getting divorced is like throwing a rock in a still body of water. There is a ripple effect that affects the entire body. And there are so many tentacles that are going to be affecting your life post-divorce that you never saw coming. That moving on piece that I do is really important because it's like, everybody's rocked by that. So no shit. Do you not know me? (laughs) (laughs) So Amy, I want to jump on that a little bit because I can't tell you how many, particularly women, but sometimes men come into my practice saying, I don't know if I can afford to get divorced. I don't know if he's the breadwinner. 
I don't make any money. I gave up my life in order to stay with them. I see Rachel's like nodding at this uh-huh, because uh-huh, she understands uh-huh, uh-huh. and empathizes with this, right? Then you get the, and then my kid's quality of life is going to change. I don't hear so much that the my patients care that their quality of life is going to change, but I hear that they're concerned about A, the well-being of their children, obviously, and B, the financial well-being of their children, the opportunities that they can have and what they can provide for them. And in a perfect world, the two parents would divorce and they would have an amicable parenting relationship, but that is few and far between, right? So then they live and they say, oh, well, then the father is going to be able to provide them the Disneyland experiences. And I'm going to be like rubbing two rocks together to try to put a roof over their head. So I know how I kind of work with that. But do you see that? And how do you guide those women, particularly, but again, men too, who are in that place and would actually give up getting divorced, even though they in their heads understand and in their hearts understand that this is really what they want to do but they feel paralyzed because of that financial limitation. And it's real. And I'm glad that you're bringing this up because it is the struggle is real. But I want to start off by saying this quote that really helped me when I was at that point. And it's by Eleanor Roosevelt. And it could go for men or women. So let's just call it people. Mm -hmm. Um, People are like tea bags. You don't know how strong they are until you put them in hot water, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, Rachel, I've seen what you've done and what you've accomplished post-divorce. Not that it's easy, but man, you probably wouldn't have done half the stuff you're currently doing now. And you are on this kick-ass road of being this very empowered woman. Not easy, a lot of ups and downs. So I want to acknowledge that, yeah, the financial is a big deal. And there is a commonality, especially where we live, of the Disneyland dad. He's all fun and I'm doing the homework and the cooking and I have no money and this sucks. Mm-hmm. And it does. There's no doubt about it. But what I will say, two things. One, getting divorced is hard, but being in a bad marriage can be even harder. And they talk about the studies of children and divorce, but they really can't talk about the studies of children in marriages, right? So let's talk about that damage. I say that and, all the time. It's so yeah, true. It, it's so true. And I always say to the parent, understand the template you're setting for your child of mm-hmm. what marriage and relationships look like especially for women, like little girls. They think that mommy's a doormat. Mommy's like, that's not cool. And also when men are abusive verbally or otherwise, this is teaching a male, a boy child, this is what they're learning. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's actually more damage going on in a dysfunctional marriage than the challenges of divorce. But listen, the financial is always going to be likely like this. And I Mm -hmm. always say to women, yes, but you are a good example for your children to show if it's not good, you can fix it. And it's going to be hard, but you can expand your talent and your toughness and your mental toughness. And you can be a really good example. And to remember that nobody will ever replace mommy. And even though you're not going to Disney World, there are some really more important joyful moments in the house playing red light, green light, one, two, three. You know, like go back to the simple stuff because that's what kids really connect to because there's a connection between mom and child. Disneyland, there's, oh, it's great. But you know what? That's like all lights and cameras and buzz. But that one-on-one with a mom sitting at a kitchen table, helping with the homework or talking about a bad day, you cannot replace that. That is the gold. Yeah, those those are powerful statements. And I can attest to that. It doesn't mean... Every day is easy. And you know me, I always get emotional. But the choices we make are the choices we make. And when you know in your gut that it's the right choice, 
that hard choice and the tears and all the emotional angst that come with it, I think does speak to the fact that you know it's right and it makes it that much harder. But hard things aren't easy. I don't know how else to say it, as unpolished as that sounds. If it was easy, everyone would do it and we wouldn't be in angst over it. You wouldn't have started a whole career on helping guide women and people who are completely lost in a failed relationship get out of it. So we have nothing to talk about, Rachel, on our podcast. (laughs) Come on here. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it's interesting you say that it is hard. And I look at women and I'm very realistic about the realities, you know, what it looks like so they understand this. And they come to me at a crossroad. And I always say, you know, if you're really stuck and should I stay or should I go, here's the question. Are you more fearful of staying in this marriage and growing old with this partner 10 years down the road? Or are you more fearful of taking the leap of faith, knowing that it's going to be a really bumpy road and it's going to challenge you, but you are going to make the choice for a better life, something hundred percent more authentic and more real to you. So yeah. what's scarier, right? Yeah. No, you you're are- right. You're right. And you and I, I think those exact words is a conversation you and I had had probably right out of the gate. I knew it's my personality. Once I knew, I knew. But those were still conversations that we had. And I'll share, my mom said to me in the early stages of the process, if I could just back up, even having your help, Amy, which a friend of mine had reached out. And I think Dr. Boke and I had talked about this when we spoke of divorce several podcasts ago. I didn't know you existed. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't know there was even such a thing as a divorce coach. And a friend of mine had said to me, Hey, I know something's going on with you and I know it's none of my business. However, maybe I could just give you this person's number and so on and so forth. And you do with it what you will. Fast forward, it was you. And I didn't know what you did, but we met and I read your book right away. I think that was your first thing. Read my book and then, you know, give me a buzz or whatnot. But my mom had said to me, after you and I had met, she said, Rachel, you have to look forward and you have to answer the question to yourself. There's a 99.999% chance that you won't be alone the rest of your life if you get divorced. You'll move on. You'll meet someone fabulous. This will be a blip on the radar, et cetera, et cetera. But that 0.0001, you know, whatever the math is, before you make this big life-changing decision, you have to kind of ask yourself the question, if you were alone, is that better than what you're in now? And I answered it right out of the gate, but I also want to answer it the same way I did, but with grace and respect because I'm on the other side and my ex-husband and I really are in as good of a place as we're going to be. Amy, and you know this, I see you nodding your head. He was never a bad man, Mm -hmm. ever. He's a wonderful human being. He just wasn't my human being for the long haul. And when you ask the question, can you see yourself down the road? Or when my mother asked the question, is being alone better than doing this forever? And the answer was yes. This wasn't going to be my best version of myself. And that in and of itself might have been even harder because we didn't have this direct negativity. There wasn't a big bomb that went off. There wasn't abuse. There wasn't a financial scandal. There wasn't a scandal from like a sexual standpoint. That None of that. It just... We weren't each other's person. Yeah. So, Amy, I have an observation, again, from my practice. And I'm just curious. And I know this is coming out of left field for you. But I have experienced with the multiple people that I have worked with that I've never met a woman who initiated a divorce who regretted initiating the divorce. I have met a few men 
who have, but I've never met a woman who, when she initiated the divorce, ever looked back and said it was not the right decision for her. Have you had that experience? It's funny because I meet a lot of these women after I work with them. And not everybody I see chooses divorce. And I want to talk about that too for just a moment. But the people that I see post-divorce have always said to me, thank you for the support. Not easy, but happier. Yeah. Healthier and happier. But it's a road. It is a road. So that made me feel good because I think that a lot of times the women that I work with, because you're giving them the realities and they're not just making a knee-jerk reflex in the heat of the moment, like Rachel was saying, that's so valuable because when you can make a choice that's not out of anger and it's just over, it's cleaner because if you make decisions and you start saying the deeper with all this emotion, that's where the regret comes in. But when you really look at it objectively and you have expectations of what it's going to look like, you figure it out. It's going back to that quote. You know, you toughen up and you become a warrior, if not for yourself, for your kids. I want to ask a question kind of dovetailing off of what Dr. Boca said about women who make the decision, it's marching straight ahead, regardless if the road winds. Men, maybe things have certain other responses. But Amy, in your practice, are you seeing equal regarding women who are coming to you because they're being left? versus the women saying, you know what, I need to make a move and I need your help. What's the breakdown on that? If, if you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, 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 that's interesting. Most women are not coming to me in a panic because their husband just filed divorce papers. Because I think you have no time to really think and plan. Most of the women that I get are like, I'm really not happy. This has been going on forever. I just need to make a change, but I don't know where to start. So for me, those are the women that have the luxury of figuring out if divorce is right for them. And it's interesting because not everybody I work with chooses divorce. There's still a percentage like 20, 30. Here's what happens. They come to me, they're out of their mind. We settle them, we get them organized, we send them out to the professionals to get the information, and one of three things will happen. One is, all right, holy crap, that was hard to hear, but I'm ready to move on, let's go. Two is, I need to go, but I am so not ready. And under the safety of the umbrella of the marriage, they get their ducks in the row, whether it's getting a job or getting an education before they make that move. Mm -hmm. Or they're like, oh, I think I need to work on myself. And then I send them to a therapist. And what's a joy for me sometimes too is in the community, I'll be walking in the mall, whatever I am in Starbucks, and somebody will say, you don't remember me, but I came to you and I'm so glad I did. And I stayed in my marriage because it really wasn't about the marriage. I needed to work on myself. And you know, it takes two to tango. And thank you for the reality check and the mirror that you made sure you held up to me. Mm. So I didn't just think, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. I want more of this, more of that. I was living in Boca Fufu. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was a Pocahontas mode and I was not in reality. Oh, and I'm so grateful because I've seen other women that they didn't do what you do. So, you know. I think that's amazing. And I think it's so inspiring. And I have two points I want to make in response to that. Number one, when you said that for the most part, women come to you to say, hey, I need some help. I don't know what route I'm going to take, but help me. I think it speaks, number one, to like, look at the world we're living in now. It's 2021. Women are so empowered. We've come such a long way. I can't imagine 20, 30 years ago, these stay-at-home women or whatever the stereotypical roles that we had we would even see a scenario like this. So I just want to say bravo to all the women out there that are strong enough to 
even ask the questions. More notably, bravo to you to, to find a profession to empower yourself and other women. And you're a force to be reckoned with, Amy. The other thing I want to say, and I've said this too publicly, to your point about women coming up to you down the road saying, you don't remember me, but I did the work and I'm still in my marriage and I'm happier than ever, or I'm kind of putting in my own two cents on that one. But I have always said, while the decision for me to divorce was the right decision, regardless of how hard it was as it continues to be on on the other side, I've always said that now going through it, if you have an opportunity to work through it and you really do think this is your person, even if they have to do work, you have to do work, you have to do it together. I'm always a believer in love. Stick it out because I think there's something really admirable about the couples who go through dark times, but then they end up seeing the light together. And I'm a champion of that. So while I'm a divorce success story, I'd like to say, in hopes or a work in progress towards more success, I advocate for couples to do the work and get a therapist and try to salvage something that potentially is worth salvaging. Yeah. And that's a really good point because you just brought me back to the memory of my divorce. I mean, I don't know, like 20 years ago. And when I finally started telling people, I'm seeing my friends jumping on my bandwagon and I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, hold on, girl. You know what? Totally different thing climb the mountain. Do not go by me. This is like a very individual thing. And you just can't just flip off and just think that the grass is greener on the other side. Maybe it is, but maybe you really need to slow the heck down, get to a therapist, go to couples, do your own work, climb the mountain. And listen, I always say climb the mountain unless of course the side step is domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's game over. That's like we're out and safety first. So two points, I would say, absolutely, I see all the time that divorce is contagious. I think that there are several times in our life cycle that you start to see a whole herd of people going through it at one time, and it's usually of a friend group. And so I try to halt them and be like, okay, let's step out of this time period, this moment. Let's look at you and your significant other, and let's really understand that dynamic. So I'm glad you guys said that. The other thing that I was going to go back to is the domestic violence and the pandemic that we've been going through. I know what I've seen. I'm curious what you've seen in the realm of divorce during this time. Has it worsened? Obviously, the domestic violence, I'm sure, from just understanding what a dynamic looks like in a household when there is domestic violence, it does exacerbate. Are you seeing more domestic violence cases? Are you seeing people who are filing now that may never have filed? Are you seeing those that aren't domestic violence cases, but after being trapped in a house with each other for a year and a half, it became very obvious to them that this is not going to work? What are you seeing now? Okay. So this is a really great question because this pandemic has been like putting relationships and marriages under the microscope. Mm-hmm. And what has happened, we'll talk the domestic violence in a moment. Um, this has been really interesting, a very interesting experiment to be able to put two people or a family in a container and let them deal with themselves. Yep. But what I've seen is a lot of people have come to that and they're contemplating divorce and this is just crystallizing the reality. And they needed to wait until the pandemic settled to be able to move forward. But it was a good thing for them to see this is just not sustainable. Or the other beautiful side of it is that they realize, wow, I really like being in the foxhole with this person. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize what I had. And that's a beautiful thing. But on the darker side of this pandemic is the spike 
in domestic violence toward women and children. And it Mm -hmm. just really has frightened me. And this is so not my lane, but it's my lane enough to know I need to get these people out of this situation and get them to the right professionals. And it's just really heartbreaking what this pandemic has done. What I've also seen is an increase in substance abuse, increase like exponentially, and they all feed off of each other. So it's really taken its toll. Amy, let me ask a question for the listeners out there. When you say, you know, there are certain things that aren't in your wheelhouse and you know you've got to get them out to the right people. I want to make it clear to the listeners, part of what you do is that you are what? The facilitator to the other pieces in this, call it like the divorce wheel. You have the litany of lawyers, accountants, therapists that based on your individual client, you then... Do you set up the appointment? Do you just give them the names? Walk us through a little bit of really what your craft is so that the listeners understand the value you offer. Okay. So the first time I see somebody, it's about really getting to understand the nuts and bolts of their marriage, their marital estate. And every divorce is, like you said, a thumbprint. There's the the high fancy pants, Hollywood divorces, and there's the upper crusty, and then there's the middle, low class, like they don't have money. Mm -hmm. So I need to be able to have in my team of experts, a variety of professionals, not just covering the gamut from lawyer, therapist, accountant, but also different levels of affordability, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have to be realistic about what people can and cannot do with money. It is what it is. So I kind of consider myself like the divorce concierge, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to direct people to the people they need, number one, and being very sensitive to the pocketbook of what this looks like, because I'm very sensitive about not bankrupting the couple because, you know, you're taking this one joint business and splitting it. And it's going to be a hardship, like being really careful about allocating what money goes where and what's really needed. So I've been in this community for over 20 years. I've worked with many professionals. I kind of know the good, bad, scary, but more importantly, the humans that are skilled, that understand this is so challenging. And my people that I recommend will treat my clients with kid gloves because it's coming from me. Mm -hmm. And I only really choose people that I believe are not just intelligent, but really want to minimize the financial and emotional damage of this divorce challenge because it's so painful. There's so much to deal with. And I don't want to make it worse. So I have to really be careful about my referrals. I hear so often that it goes back to the money and so many people. I mean, it just adds up and adds up. And Rachel can attest to this. It's like in the moment, all you're seeing are dollar signs flying out of the pocket. And you're so scared about what's going to be on the other side. What you don't realize sometimes is money spent up front is going to create all the happiness and the joy on the other side. And you know you have to sometimes pay a little bit to get that support so you can get to the other side and it will be okay. Let me ask you this, Amy, and tell me what your thoughts are. Between your website and your book, and even myself specifically, and even some of my friends that I know that I have referred your way, it's been wonderful having you help them through their processes. We focus specifically, of course, on empowering women and women moving on. And it's, hear me roar, I am woman, right? But I'm sure because you are such a well-known figure in our community, you've had to have been approached here or there by a man to help in this type of process. And does divorce coaching, I guess, A, exist for men? And if it does or doesn't, I'm wondering from that stereotypical standpoint, a man's ego might get in the way. But in the spirit of reaching our male listeners, I know they're out there, even though they're probably closeted. (laughs) They don't really admit it. 
What is your experience, if any, with men and how they process divorce or the idea of divorce and maybe what the differences are between men and women? And Dr. Bogey, you speak to this too, but let's throw it to Amy first. Yeah, this is so near and dear to me because having boys myself, I feel like society has like forced men into this corner, suck it up. Have a stiff upper lip. You're not allowed to show your emotion because you're weak. And that just drives me insane. And I think this drives a mental health challenge that we're seeing that's exploding in the country. And it's really not fair. It's really not fair. So listen, men are from Mars and women are from Venus up to a point. We're still both humans and we have the same emotional needs. And this divorce rocks men, okay? And they need the support just like women do. So I have worked with a few good men. I do a discovery session in the beginning that's complimentary for 30 minutes to see if we're a good fit. And I will tell you across the board, men and women, I will not take on if their mentality is crush, kill, and destroy. Mm. Not my game. That's not what I'm interested in. I've worked with some men and it's such an important thing because coming out of this to start the next chapter, you kind of have to set yourself up in your soul and finances to be able to begin again in the best healthy way, especially when there are children involved. Mm -hmm. So I love taking them in. I do it very quietly because I don't have like a website, you know, it's women moving on. Mm -hmm. But through the years, people know, I'm like, bring me your boys, bring me the men. Mm -hmm. That's important. And thanks for sharing that. I didn't even know that. That's why I felt like it was important to ask the question. Yes. You know, the difference between um, men and women that I found that, you know, even though they're very emotional and this is difficult, the hard wiring of the brain and in women, um, I feel that uh, men can compartmentalize a little bit better than women. We're very emotional, but I also feel like women are always good at multitasking, right? So we are more holistic and we can kind of see the whole ripple effects better than a man can because they're very like financial, they get into mm-hmm. the stage. So it's just very fascinating for me to see how men process and women process. But I just want to come back to the fact that men and women are the same with what they need going forward. And it's not fair. I I feel like that men get a really bad rap and I really love supporting them. I'm so glad you said all of that because over the course of the years, my practice has been often predominantly men, coincidentally, not coincidentally, we can analyze that if we'd like. But um, what I found is that when they're going through this process, it's not that they aren't having these emotions. It's like exactly what you said. Society has said that they have to be strong through this. And I've always seen that part of the work is getting them to have a place where they can understand what that emotion is, express that emotion, be okay. It's almost like there's a trauma in them from not being able to express that emotion that they don't even aren't even in touch with the emotion, which is part of the problem sometimes that led to the divorce to begin with. And therefore, if they can uncover that, sometimes A, they can make the marriage work because now they see it and they have that ability to be able to be more authentic and genuine and honest and vulnerable in the relationship. I equate it to like a deep wound. You can clean it out right? And once it's cleaned out, then you can start to heal. Otherwise, it's always infected. And so we can spend some time cleaning it out. And when they can finally clean it out and accept, they can have these emotions and feel these things and mourn it the same way that a woman can. They're more clear. And I think that that's the theme that I'm hearing everybody kind of say is, we need to be clear when we make these kinds of decisions. And fear clouds our clarity you know, being exhausted clouds our clarity. And when we get that mirror held up to us sometimes while somebody's kind of holding our hand, a lot of the stuff that blocks our lack of clarity allows us to come to that place 
of clarity and be able to do that which is in our best interest. Yeah, I like to just tell on that is that when you think about this life process of dealing with relationships, it's really complicated and you can't really figure stuff out on your own. And Mm -hmm. it's so worth investing in a coach and a therapist because the money that you're going to be spending will save you money and emotional sanity going forward. It's an investment Mm -hmm. in yourself. And, you know, I just wish enough people, more people, more men would access us because I shame. love the analogy of the wound. But I think that even what's going on with the Olympics and everything, there's the pandemic. It's okay to not be okay. You know, Michael Phelps just said that yesterday when talking about, you know, this reality. And finally, finally, you can't see mental health issues, but they're worse than physical punches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amy, I hope you know you know, how life-changing you've been, not only to myself, but to so many women. And now I guess I can add men to that too. I'm, I'm happy to hear you're working with men as well. It must feel so rewarding to have a career that you're really making a difference and you're helping women and men move forward. And that's the name of the game. We all take steps backwards, but the goal is to continue to put one foot in front of the other and every day, keep your chin up and keep looking up and blue skies are ahead, I presume. Yes? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Life is hard. You even said it. Life is hard, but nothing good is easy. And having the courage to say, my cells are telling me that this is wrong. I can't live like this. And whatever the road is ahead, I will rise and you will fall and you will rise and you will keep getting up and just moving forward. It's a tough gig. It really is. But it's definitely possible, but it requires a team of people to support you. And that I'm going to go back. You cannot go through this process. Those who do are going to be challenged. Mm -hmm. You know, asking for help is courageous, especially when I want to say to the men out there, you know, that takes really courage to say, I need help. And, And, you know, it's here. It's available. So please get the help you need and don't stand on your own by yourself. And as an outsider, I just want to add, Amy, having watched Rachel go through this evolution, it is so clear to me how helpful you and your entire team and everybody has been. And to see her come out the other side, it is heartwarming and it's exciting. And as the psychologist sitting here, I'm like, gosh, I'm so blessed to have people in this community to help support not only the Rachels of the world and maybe one day any of us, God forbid, or or forbid or with permission, whatever the, the other side of God forbid is, right? Maybe it's the blessings. I don't know. But it's so nice as a professional in the community to know that there's support out there, even for the professionals who, you know, who don't deal with X and Y, but we know we have good referral sources here. So kudos to you, kudos to Rachel. I just think it's just so important. I can't tell you how many of my friends have said to me, you know, I need a podcast like this. I need somebody who can walk me through this. I need to know who I have to call. So thank you. You're very welcome. And I just want to say, Rach, Divorce is like getting your whole world blown up into little pieces. And here's the reality. Those little pieces will come back in a different way, okay? Mm -hmm. But it takes work. It is a hard gig. But when you get to that other side, and eventually it might be a rocky road, but it will be better. As long as you keep getting the support you need and keep asking for help, 
it will absolutely get better. I did want to say one thing because everybody knows therapists and the education you go through. I do want to say not all coaches are equal. And that's really Mm -hmm. important because when I first started transitioning as a chiropractor to looking at coaching, I'm like, what? You can get a coaching credential in a weekend? That's not cool. So I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. And I found through the governing body of coaches, International Coaching Federation is the right place to get your credential. And it requires a lot of time and hours. And it's exactly what I wanted. And for me, once I got my life coach credential, I wanted more because divorce is really serious stuff. And I really take it, you know, not only do I do this, but I've been through it. You know, it Mm -hmm. helps. And I want to make sure that I was impeccable with my word and the support that I was giving. So there is actually a college to get your credential as a divorce coach. And I went through that. And I keep- Who knew? (laughs) I know, exactly. So after I got my credential as a certified divorce coach, this piece that kept coming up in that training was the power of fight or flight in the divorce process. Mm -hmm. When you think about what happens in that business event, that financial event and kid event, Somebody is taking away half your money and saying, you got to split this time with your children. I describe fight or flight like we all have a dinosaur in the back of our brain that's usually in a cage. When you get divorced and somebody puts you against the wall like that, that dinosaur is breaking through the cage and running wild. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you're in a different part of your brain that is out of its mind. It can't see clearly. And there is a real risk of saying and doing things that can be very harmful to yourself, to your children, and to your future. So I've now gotten this training with just being able to help my clients self-soothe and do different techniques, mindful breathing exercises. Very, very important to check yourself and Mm -hmm. find some calm. And that's been really valuable to my clients too, because boy, that dinosaur is going to leave and go crazy. So being able to keep her or him in check, everybody's got one, and being able to teach them that as well is really important. It's a tough thing to go through. Well, you make a tough scenario a little less tough. And we thank you for that. It goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Amy's services obviously are confidential, which I think is also another important piece to mention. Obviously, I know you work with clients nationwide, but I can speak, you know, here in Boca, we're a very small bubble and everyone wants to talk about what's not their business. So I do want to make it clear that Amy is the utmost of professional when it comes to privacy and keeping things behind closed doors. And I think that that's an important piece to mention. And I do want to leave the listeners with this. If you're contemplating divorce or going through it, zip the lip, okay? Keep your circle tight because Mm -hmm. misery, what is it? Misery enjoys company and everybody. And you are so right, Rachel. It is like a gossip fest, okay? So it's really damaging when people see this and want to start to, oh, well, I won't say anything. Mm-hmm. No, don't even go there. Just keep it tight. And when you're talking and you have a different relationship, like be careful if you have children, you know, going forward, even if you don't have children, don't talk bad about your soon to be ex. Don't trash them. Mm-hmm. That is a father of your children, or that is the choice that you made to marry. So you need to just be careful about being impeccable with your word, be a class act. If you need to vent, go see a therapist, okay? or talk to your mom or a trusted friend, and that's it. Because people are watching you, and it's really unfortunate that when you're at the most French fried time of your life, you're expected to rise and deal with the legal, financial, emotional, and then all these people that are going to peck at you. So the one good thing I've told my clients too is like people are going to be really obnoxiously intrusive. 
and you need to learn how to pivot. Thank you for asking. You know what? We're doing great. How are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. you are under no obligation to tell anybody anything about your story unless they're worth it. And until you're done with your process before you let the world know what's happening. Yep. Yeah, I think that's important to mention. And Amy, I'm going to guess that if there's listeners out there that now are intrigued and they have questions or they need a little bit of guidance, or maybe just their appetite, it needs to be satiated because they've been thinking about this on their own and they had no idea that someone like you existed. You can be reached, as we mentioned earlier, at womenmovingon.com. We can link at the bottom, you know, in the details of our podcast, other ways to reach you. I presume, again, they send you an email or, and then you get back to them. And, and yeah. how what, does that work? Yes. So I offer a 30-minute discovery session, complimentary, and it's just to see if we're a good fit and what they need and if I can, you know, how I can be the best support to them. They can email, call me, and I also have an appointment where they can reserve time with me on Calendly, you know, the mm-hmm. automatic yes. uh, software. Right. Even though it says womenmovingon.com, to any of the men out there, please reach out. I am so happy to help. Amazing. Okay, we'll link all that up at the end of the podcast and we'll tag it all on social media and whatnot. Amy, I have to tell you on behalf of Dr. Boca and myself, this has been such a pleasure. I always, always enjoy spending time with you even though we talk about some tough stuff. You've helped me tremendously and I am forever indebted. So I thank you. My pleasure. And I thank you, Rachel, for this introduction. And Amy, you are doing wonderful work. And if I can help and assist in any way, please let me know because you are an essential in the world right now. So thank you. Thank you, ladies. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thank you. And to all the listeners out there, thank you for listening with us today. We wish you a wonderful week. We'll be back next week on the corner of Audacity and Advice where our wheels and potentially yours get spun upside down. Thank you for listening. This has been Rachel Silver Cohen and Dr. Boca for Unpolished Therapy. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs> <laughs>